Are we past the days of mall shopping? The next few months might be the ultimate test. Face masks are off, stores are wide open, retail stores are seeing an uptick in traffic. Is it enough to save a dying industry? J.C. Penney, Macy's, Sears, Nordstrom. Traditionally, these big retailers are mainstays at shopping malls everywhere. But even before the pandemic struck, they were struggling. Online shopping is faster, and you don't buy things on impulse. About 25% of purchases in store are impulse buys, especially clothing. It goes without saying that retailers need big crowds now. They were dying before COVID hit. Maybe a renewed interest in store shopping will change things competition with Amazon and online shopping will be stiff, though. Only Jesus can truly turn death into life, and he doesn't do it through impulse. The resurrection power of the Spirit turns our dry bones into a new creation. Out of death, his love brings us life. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and on this very first day of June, we're continuing in a series this week, called God's Word in Your Heart. Final words. We often ponder them, don't we? Last words from a dying loved one? Words from someone moving away you might never see again? Even the last words of a letter can often say more than all the words before. Today, I want to look at some final words from the Apostle Paul to the Thessalonians. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. These words have a lot to say. They're like a three-point sermon, and they're worthy of our consideration in these next few minutes. Rejoice, pray, be thankful. I'm sure we all need this sort of encouragement in our lives. If you've been listening to the program last week as well as yesterday, you know we have met up with songwriter and producer Jay Stalker in Colorado. He created the scripture lullabies that are saturated with God's Word. And we've been hearing from so many people who have been blessed by his Hidden in My Heart album series. And the good news is, he has a brand new album out this month. Jay began writing this music for children. But now so many adults listen to the peaceful songs from the album. I asked him at his home in Colorado why he does what he does. When I was a kid, we, there was a, a record, and it was actually a vinyl record that my I was homesick from school one day. I am old enough to remember those remember things. Remember those, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but there was a husband-wife team, and they had their daughters, and they would sing, and my mom put that record on for me. So I had this album, and at the end of the album, they did a salvation invitation. Like a, and, an altar call. Yeah, an altar call. Okay. And, and I gave my life to the Lord listening to that album mm. when I was four years old. And so for me, a huge part of the reason I'm doing what I'm doing is to pass along that opportunity you know, to somebody else through, through music because it was a music album that I gave mm-hmm. my life to the Lord. And uh, to be able to give that to so many other kids and, and even adults as they listen and are moved by the Lord's Spirit. Um, I mean, and like I said earlier, music moves you music mm-hmm. actually does something on the inside of you and i don't think that the it, spirit can the use spirit, music yeah. to convict exactly yes. yep yeah. and i think that that doesn't happen with secular music 
um, I know it doesn't like it does with Christian music. Mm. So let me ask you a question, and I'll be bold Mm. in asking this, but I've asked you this before, and I ask people who we interview on this program. Jay Stalker of Scripture Lullabies. Many years after you listened to that vinyl record and Mm -hmm. gave your heart to the Lord, what does Jesus mean to you? He means everything to me. Uh, He's blessed our lives. I'm married now for 28 years. Mm -hmm. I have three amazing kids who serve the Lord, and I wouldn't have any of that without the Lord and what He's done for me and how He's redeemed my life. Um, I don't know, I don't have a, a renegade story. Being a PK, you would expect that because most do, but I don't. Um, but at the same time, I know what God and has done for me and what He's given to me. Um, and yeah, that's everything. That's everything to, to us as Christians, as believers. Mm. Jay Stalker, sharing why he created the Scripture Lullaby series. I so appreciate his heart for Jesus and his desire to see both children and adults come to know Christ and the peace that only he can bring. I want you to experience this incredible music firsthand. You can hear some of the instrumentals on the album under me right now. We'll hear a brand new song in just a moment. Then after the program, I'd like to send you the Hidden in My Heart Collector Set, Volumes 1 to 4 for your minimum gift to the ministry. Or if you want the just released volume four, we have that CD for your gift of any amount. Here's the number to call after the program, 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or listen to samples and you can make your gift online at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And now, Here's a brand new song from Volume 4, written by Jay Stalker. It's a long way down here From heaven to earth to my heart But you made the journey That changed my eternity Came here to save us Came to make all things new Jesus, you gave your life Now I'm giving my life to you you. 
song called With All My Heart from Jay Stalker's Scripture Lullabies, Volume 4, just released, Hidden in My Heart. And by the way, it's coming out of Romans 10, 9 and 10. Ever thought how the final words could be the most important words? Maybe it's the final words spoken by someone about to die. Or maybe an old-fashioned snail mail letter, not a crisp and to-the-point email, a letter that had thought put into it. Like a letter I labored over to a friend whose wife died and memorial was last Saturday in Florida. Final words can be the most significant words. I think that was the case with the Apostle Paul. He offered great teaching in all the letters that we have that he wrote. But ever think how some of the richest words he wrote came at the end, like in the doxologies? These are what we need to cherish, to hold dear. The year was probably about 50 A.D. Think of three men huddling together in a dimly lit room. The city was Corinth, and the church was young. Paul and Silvanus, or commonly called Silas, had waited for the return of young Timothy. They were waiting for news from another early church. It's not long after the three of them had first carried the gospel for the first time to Macedonia and Greece. Paul had dispatched Timothy to Thessalonica to check up on the spiritual health of that young church. How are they holding up to the persecution he had heard they were suffering for the sake of their new Savior? Timothy arrives. He gets to the room, and he offered his report. Paul had prayed often for the young church that Timothy had visited. And now with this news, Paul decided to send a letter back. Silas was the scribe. Paul was the author. Silas picked up a quill and a piece of parchment, and the letter began. 
The message rolled off the lips and from the spirit-filled mind of Paul. Think of the pen Silas used, a large reed sharpened to a fine point. Think of the ink of that day, charcoal mixed with oil. The only light was flickering from a clay pot with a cloth wick floating in a bed of oil. That's probably not far off from how Paul wrote what we call First Thessalonians. Great teaching came from the mind of Paul, teaching that the young church needed to hear from the apostle, teaching that still teaches us today. But then, with only so much parchment left after dictating the bulk of the letter, he needed to wrap it up. And so came final words of encouragement, significant words, words that we need to treasure today. I'm thinking back now only a couple of weeks. It was a Haven Ministries board meeting, the first time in going on two years that we had been able to meet and gather together because of COVID. A businessman on our board had the assignment of offering devotions before we prayed and then settled into the business at hand. Casey Jernigan was a bit nervous. We were not his second-grade Sunday school class that he and his wife Cindy have taught for many years. He prayed for guidance. Beforehand, he had prayed for just the right word of the Lord to share, words we needed to hear, words to carry us through the rest of the day. What came to mind and offered out of his well-worn Bible were the final words Paul dictated to Silas who was almost out of paper. Three lines appeared before the final sign-off. These are the words that meant so much to us and must have meant so much to that young church from which Timothy had just returned. We find those words in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, 18. You've heard these final words before, but hear them again. Let them linger as they lingered in our board meeting before we prayed. Terse words, even when translated into English from Greek, there wasn't much parchment left. Verse 16, rejoice always. Verse 17, pray continually. Verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It doesn't get briefer than that. Final words to keep, words to hold tight. Call it a three-point sermon. Don't allow these words to leave you. Words easily expressed in music by Jay Stalker in his scripture lullabies. Rejoice always. We know what that means. Pray continually or without ceasing. It means constantly. Be always in a spirit of prayer. Give thanks in all circumstances. When you suffer. When you don't suffer. But let's not leave this passage of final words just yet. Rejoice always. It's an injunction coming from Paul. It may seem surprising coming from this Christ follower who had to suffer as much and as often as Paul, but along the way, just as we must learn, affliction and deep joy go together. Joy in his tribulations, which he mentions in Romans, in Colossians, and it comes through in Acts, this rejoicing. He opens his letter to this new church by counseling God's people to continually rejoice in a suffering church. This note of joy is repeated in his other letter to the Macedonian church in Philippi. Few things come through so often to the early New Testament churches 
than joy. So we must take this injunction by Paul to heart. We need joy today. We need to rejoice always. So I'll say it again like Paul did, rejoice. Like in Philippians, saying it twice in a row, rejoice. Dour Christian living has no business in our lives. Living in the Spirit brings joy. The word for grace in the New Testament comes from the same root word, as is the case for one of the words to forgive. Even another word coming from the same root word that's a gift, a fruit of the Spirit shared in Galatians. Rejoice always. Paul never left that behind, and neither should we. Pray continually. This is not teaching us that our lips should be constantly moving in prayer. Physically, we can't do that. But as the late Bishop Lightfoot put it, it's the elevation of the heart to God. We always exercise our dependence on God for everything. We talk with Him. We walk with Him. We listen to Him. It's constant communication with Him in heaven like nothing else. It's always seeking to do His will, and we cannot do that without a sense of praying continually. And then Paul tells them and tells us to give thanks in all our circumstances. This is not just first century living. It's 21st century living. I'll never forget meeting in Iraq a Muslim man who had met Jesus. He became a pastor. He traveled among refugee camps in the middle of ISIS, teaching Bible studies, leading others to faith in his Savior. His life was in constant peril. The word would get out. The threats would come in. He had to move almost monthly, uprooting his family one more time for their safety. And yet, I'll never forget the joy in the Lord of this believing former Muslim. And from a translator, from his Arabic to my English, he was rejoicing and he was giving thanks. That was five years ago in the 21st century. And if he's still alive, I'm certain that this convert is still about his father's business, leading others to find faith in Jesus. Your life may not be under threat today, but you and I have our circumstances for which we need to give thanks, knowing that the Lord is in control and he's watching over us. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Final words, words to keep by God's grace. I think it's a good time for us to pray together right now. Would you join me? Our dearest Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you now in prayer, and we come to you thanking you for final words, words that we don't just need to take to heart, but words of life, words coming out of your Bible, words that were written at the very end of a letter by the Apostle Paul to that early church in Thessalonica. Lord, give us this ability, this spirit of yours that dwells inside every believer to just rejoice, to rejoice all the time, to do it without stopping. Even in the hard times that come our way, we rejoice for what we have in Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to learn what it means 
to pray continually, to have this attitude, this spirit of prayer, where we're in community with the Father in heaven, with the Son who's now in heaven, and with the Spirit who lives in us. Lord, may we pray. As it's said in an earlier translation of our English Bible, pray without ceasing. And then, Lord, may we give thanks in every circumstance that comes our way, just like Paul gave thanks, through thick and through thin. Same things we go through today. Lord, may we give thanks. And I pray this now, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You're listening to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris, and another powerful song from the Scripture Lullabies series. Most of the music on Jay Stalker's Hidden in My Heart albums are original, and they're based on God's Word. But of course, you recognize this one as the classing hymn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, from his third album. I really love this special music, and so many people have told us they do as well. The response has been overwhelming. We heard from Lucina in New York, who asked us to send this special music directly to her family. Victoria did the same thing in Oakland, California. And then there's Luann. She ordered five sets and made her gift to the ministry. And we're sending them to friends in Ontario. Whether you get this music as a gift for loved ones or for yourself or both, I know it will move every listener's heart and bring peace. 
And that's why I want to send the Hidden in My Heart collector set with all four Scripture Lullaby albums for a minimum gift to Haven Today. Whether you're listening on your exercise bike or at work in a cubicle or going to bed at night, old and young alike will find great comfort as they listen. Would you call us right now? Would you make your gift to 800-654-2836? 865-HAVEN. Or get a taste of these scripture lullabies by listening to samples or watching the video that we shot with Jay in his home in northern Colorado. And you can make your gift then at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And when you're on our website, take a listen to the new podcast called Great Stories. Our most recent podcast features an extended interview over 30 minutes with Jay Stalker. When I sat down with him just a few weeks ago there in Colorado. And if you'd rather watch it, we have the video podcast for you to see as well. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we'll share the great story, the story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It's hard to overstate the power of hope. They say hope can make the difference between life and death for someone critically wounded or lying sick in a hospital bed. But hope doesn't always come easy. In Romans 5, Paul wrote, Suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Which means, if you're following Jesus, then even when your life is at its hardest moment, when hope feels the farthest away, that's often when God actually is building into you the very thing that you're longing for, hope. So don't give up. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it in you. Get more daily encouragement from God's Word with Anchor Devotional. Try it out today. Just visit GetAnchor.com.